0: also of course uh let me remind you this service right here is live streamed around the world and so if you are on social media well specifically facebook it's also streamed live on facebook so go in there and share it all right share it with your thousand closest personal friends all right and uh, if you'll share that then then the word goes out much bigger uh, than we're able to do without your help, all right? So let's get the word out and go in there now do that. Tag your closest 500 friends (laughs) and uh, they will be blessed as well. Now, we we started a series of of messages uh, just a couple weeks ago that I've entitled, Go Big Before You Go Home, all right? And I I really believe that that God is a big God, right? I know you, most of you, believe that as well. God is not a small God. Uh, He's He's called in the Scripture Almighty God, well, not some mighty God, Almighty God. Yeah, that means He has all might, all power, and uh, and so we serve a big, big God, and He thinks a certain way. And what we have the um, opportunity to do is to think like him. And what we must guard against is to think in a way that's opposite of him. Meaning, in a small, limited way. And this is something we must guard against because small thinking is very popular. (laughs) And especially when you get into uh, religious circles, they really try try to squish your thinking down to being very, very small. And it's a strategy of the devil. It's a doctrine of demons to get believers small and uninfluential so that we do not uh, reach many people. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, it, it, the devil would, would like to do anything he can to keep you from going to heaven. But for a lot of us, it's too late. <laughs> he, he, he failed. So what does he want you to do now? Keep quiet about it. Huh? Just live your own little quiet Christian small small thinking life and don't let anyone else be influenced or touched or moved by it. But uh, I tell you the Lord is working inward on the inside of us and by His Spirit He's helping us to think like Him. And it's not a small thought, it's an expansive life. Let's read these scriptures once again that we've based this uh, this, this teaching on. Second Corinthians chapter 6 beginning in verse 11. Oh, Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. Notice the restriction there. Where does it come? By their own affections. Now, in return for the same, I speak as to children, you also be open. Now, again, think open as in contrast to closed. There's a small closed heart there is a an open large heart king james bible uses that language when it says oh oh ye corinthians our mouth is open unto you our heart is enlarged be ye also enlarged all right and then listen to this again from the message bible dear dear corinthians I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide, open, spacious life. We did not fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. And so the Lord is working in us this very principle, this very truth, so we can be uh, enlarged inwardly, yeah? And, and, and so some of this plays out in various ways. Uh, we can recognize it in attitudes. We can recognize it in in faith versus unbelief. We can recognize this smallness. And I encourage you, I, I want to give illustrations, examples, and, and present this uh, repeatedly so we can identify and target small mentality and, and oust it, okay? In addition to that, of course, is, is the prayers that we've already prayed in previous weeks, but where, where we would be able to comprehend the width and, and length and depth and height Ephesians 3, to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge. So there's something out there that goes beyond our capacity right up here to wrap our brain around, but the Lord wants us to pray that we could comprehend it, how wide and how big and how massive this thing really is. And if we can get it in here, all right, here we go. Then it's going to start to have an outworking in in the outside of our lives, as opposed to Lord, give me an expansive life. <laughs> no, Lord, enlarge my heart. And then the expansive life is a result because that's his plan altogether anyway. Everybody okay? Uh, we, we were sharing with you last week a little bit about the prophet who who uh, told the king, Joash, remember, strike the ground with your, with these arrows and his victory over uh, an opposing army was conditioned upon him striking the ground several times but he limited his victories by just hitting the ground three times and there is likewise an attitude a heart of faith or or doubt that gets in and it limits God's ability to work in our lives because of our response to his will our response to his plan to totally wipe out the enemy yeah but we take a too casual of an approach to it, and, and and I was thinking about about that language, about that word casual. All right, I, I looked up the word casual, and it, and it says relaxed and unconcerned, made or done without thought or premeditation, done or acting without sufficient care or thoroughness. Now, in one in one real aspect I like to be casual in some regards casual in some ways there are times when casual is fine and appropriate but when it comes to the kingdom of God when it comes to this relationship and the serious nature of what we're really involved with I don't think we should be casual you know I'm fine with casual dress But sometimes what we have on the outside is a reflection of what's happening on the inside. And sometimes a person gets too casual with the things of God that should take a little more seriousness. Everybody okay? So here we go. Here we go with the rules. No. Here we go with faith. Here we go with the heart. Here we go with an attitude towards God that allows him to be um, unrestricted in his movements toward us and through us. But if we have a uh, whatever mentality, a casual attitude towards kingdom activities, um, it's revealing a faith deficiency. You know, if we kind of stroll into church services just whenever... You know, we, we just kind of have this approach to worship that's lackadaisical. It's, well, see, that limits what God wants to do. He wants a different attitude, a different mindset that says, Lord, this is your stuff here. It's time for me to sit up straight, to stand up tall. It's time for me to lift my hands. It's time to pray in a new way. It's time to serve in another way. It's time to, it's time to take the things of God to a—you know more seriously. Yeah? And in doing so, he honors that. He values that. He is able to do great things in our lives and through our lives. Praise God. Jesus said this over in Matthew 12, Matthew 11, verse 12. He said, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. What's this language of, of violence? There's an attack against the kingdom of God and there is an attitude that should be held by those within and it's not, it's not physical violence, but there is something inside of us. It's a strength that says, I am going to have what God said I'm supposed to have. I am going to live what he said I'm supposed to live and I'm going to carry this great authority and powerful word of God in, around in my life to this world. It's not a casual mentality. It's, it's time to get serious about the things of God. All right? Now again, what's that, what's that contrasting? Small. Insignificant. You can't do much. You're incapable. Uh, you know, it's a limited, fenced-in life. You remember this. If not, I'll remind you. <laughs> Included in our redemption... Remember this is Isaiah 54, included in our redemption what 's our redemption? Well, we think forgiveness of sins, eternal life, break freedom from the curse, all that kind of stuff, and that 's true. Included in our redemption is this stretched out, expanded life it 's a new way of thinking it 's a mentality that says more, increase, big, large that 's part of redemption. okay So I came to Jesus and I got my sins forgiven. Good, good, me too. How about I came to Jesus and he gave me a big life. I don't even even really know what that means. (laughs) But this is a mentality. This is a belief system that God is not limited in regards to what he can and will do in and through us. All right. Amen. Look with me over at Luke chapter 5. The book of Luke, chapter 5, if you're unfamiliar where that is, I understand. Many of you are came to the Lord in recent times, recent weeks and months, and, and uh, isn't it good? Huh? I don't mean it's flowery beds of ease. I don't mean you never deal with another struggle or another problem, but isn't it good having a relationship with God? I tell you, He loves, he loves us so much. What a, what a good thing. And so, when, when it comes to this Uh, Our redemption, and part of our redemption being a large, expanded life, uh, just like a Christian should watch out for the temptation and the opportunity to revert to their old life before Christ... In, in areas of activity, in areas of behavior of, or morality. We should watch out that we don't go backwards. Let's stay in this new life of freedom and victory and joy. huh? Likewise, Likewise, it is also smart and wise for us to be on guard that we don't revert to a small mentality life. If the life of sin and the curse is a restricted life, then i got to watch out that I don't go there in my thinking. I don't go there in my believing. My prayers become small. My, my a fellowship with the body becomes small and insignificant. My serving becomes small. My giving becomes insignificant and small. It, it, it's, it's everything. I, I need to resist this, just like I would resist telling a lie or robbing a bank. Yeah, I need to resist everything that's associated with the curse and embrace everything that's associated with freedom and blessing in Christ. That's who God is. All right. When you hear uh, language that is frequently limiting, um, I've heard I've heard people say uh, uh, that God doesn't like big churches. Did you hear that? That was confirmation. (laughs) (laughs) God doesn't like big churches because, you know, and they speak despairingly about large churches and large ministries, usually by attaching something to it like... uh, you know, it's just a performance. Then, when you get a large church, it's just it's just for show, and it's it's not sincere or genuine or real. You understand this? We have to watch out for this language because I want to know is that the way the Lord thinks, and is it true that anything that's large and reaching more and more and in large numbers of people that that's somehow anti God? See, I think just the opposite. Though there may be examples of something that has become more showy or, or whatever, and it's just external and, and worship is not real worship, it's just a, you know, a concert or something like that. There may be examples of that. Fine, whatever. They need to get right with God. But to translate that into a mentality of anything that's large or expansive or, grow, or big it's somehow anti-God is totally wrong. It's totally wrong. You know, I, I've seen individuals, they want to uh, criticize when they see pictures or on TV of, of, of churches like, uh, uh, like Lakewood Church over in Houston because they, you, you know, they seat like 16,000 because they use the, where the Houston Rockets used to play, and they turn that into a church. And they think, yeah, that's just so, and they criticize that. You would criticize that? I think there should be one of those in every city. We don't need less of that. That doesn't disparage or cast anything negative on a smaller church. But I think all of us should be growing. All churches should be growing and increasing. That's the will of God. Amen. It's the will of God that we be loud. Yeah. That We have a big voice. We, we, what do I mean? We carry influence. Why? We live in a lost and dying world. And we have found the truth. We have found the answer. We have found the Savior and the healer. He's our closest friend. We have found the one who loves us and wants to bring life into our lives. We need to get bigger. I'm telling you, we need to have a bigger inside, an expanded vision. Amen. Sometimes you see this uh, manifest when uh, individuals are always, always critical about money. Oh, they're, always, they're spending too much money over here, st- st- spending too much money on this, spending too much money on this. And, and, and if you find that someone is always negative and always trying to reduce, always trying to make it smaller, you got to watch out because that could be not inspired by the Spirit of God, but inspired by something small within them. Yeah? And sometimes it's because those things have become a God to them. Uh amen did you find luke chapter 5 luke chapter 5 see jesus was preaching and uh and the crowd was big and and so he had to get away from him so he had some personal space there as he's preaching and and so he borrowed peter's boat and if you let the lord use your boat that's a good thing and, uh, and, 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 the, and the Lord got off the land a little bit and, it, and, and he preached and it says in verse 4, Luke 5, 4 when he had stopped speaking uh, he, he, he rebuked the crowd for being so large <laughs> no, no, no he didn't do that no. but he did say to Simon launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch see that's the blessing of God you give unto him and it's given back to you Uh, But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and have caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when he had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled uh, both the boats so that they began to sink. And I want you to, to consider not only that the blessing of God is tied to giving and that the Lord increases someone who does so, but there is a mentality here that sometimes exists in us. You, you might have noticed how Peter changed the language a little bit here. The Lord said to him, Peter, I want you to launch out and, 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 and cast, how, how did he say it? Let down, let down your, your nets. Do you notice that's plural? Let down your nets. And Peter said, ah, we've been doing this all night. All right, since you say so, we'll let down the net. And all of a sudden it it got singular. Went from plural to singular. The Lord had something bigger in mind than Peter was able to receive. The Lord had nets in mind and he had, all right, I'll stretch and let down a net. I wonder how many times we do that. Where we take the word of God and we shrink it to fit in our little heart. The promise of God is grand and great and glorious and powerful and mighty. And he is the almighty God. And by the time it gets into us and, and manifests through our, our life and our behavior and our praying and our believing, all of a sudden it's this small thing. It starts out huge with God. By the time it ends up here, we've changed it because we're not able to receive it. We're not capable of seeing nets. All we can see is net. And, that's a, and it's a stretch at that. Everybody okay? I, I tell you that when you hear a word from the Lord, whether it comes through a, a, a teaching like this, it comes through the Spirit speaking to your heart. Don't alter it. Don't minimize it. Don't make it smaller. Take it for what it is. Even if your head explodes, you say, how can this be? I've had that numerous times where the Lord has dealt with me and I said "I, I don't know if I can do that I believe in being honest with the Lord and real with Him but I say nevertheless it shall be Lord help me to see it to believe it to grow into it help me to grasp the vastness of your vision and plan for what you want to do let it not be restricted by the smallness in me widen me Lord stretch me yeah but never alter the word of the Lord and say it can't be and 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 take the the s's off stuff the Lord likes plural stuff amen net (laughs) nets almost like the the dad and the son who were having that conversation one day and the son said dad uh can I have a hundred dollars and the dad looks at the son and says, $50? What do you want $12 to $20 for? Here's 10 <laughs> Starts off big and gets reduced because of a uh, stinginess, a smallness. In, uh, in the Old Testament, God had a great plan for Israel. Remember, he delivered Israel from Egypt and was sending them to a place called the Promised Land. It's the land he promised them. It was a land that was said to flow with milk and honey. It was a land of great abundance. And, uh, and notice, let me read to you from Deuteronomy chapter six. I want you to catch the Lord's thinking. That's the that's the idea here. How does he think now? How do you think now? How did the religion of your upbringing think Not How does you, how has your past been? How does God think? We adapt to that. Everybody okay? Deuteronomy 6 verse 10. So it shall be when the Lord your God brings you into the land of which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you large and beautiful cities which you did not build. Houses full of all good things which you did not fill. Everybody listening to me now? This is the Lord's doing. This is the Lord's doing. This is his blessing and his mentality for his people. Yeah? Uh, Hewn out wells which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant, when you have eaten and are full. Then, so he's given them a warning. Then beware lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. So he's telling them, listen, you guys, I want to bless you big time. I want to give you increase. I want to give you houses, houses, full of stuff, full of blessings. Here's the point, though. Once you receive all this, once you enjoy all this, just remember where it came from. Because there is an opportunity and a tendency for people to receive blessings and then leave the author of that blessing. And then go on to become self-sufficient, go on to be earthly-minded, go on to be materialistic. And that's what we don't want, but we do also do not want to shrink down and limit the blessing of God that comes to us. I say, why do you say this? Well, I say it for multiple reasons. One is because the Word says it. Two, it's because this is the way God is. But th- here's another thing. As a pastor, I have a vision to reach more people. Now, thank God we're increasing, have been, month by month, keep going up, higher, reaching more, people getting saved, good things are going on, but it's bigger. Yeah. It's bigger and it's more. And, and, and I need the church to think like this. Amen. We are better off, we are healthier if we think like God thinks Amen. and not be limited by, uh, by those who want to make you small. Even when it comes to to, to to money, money's a god in some people's minds, so whenever you talk about it, they get irked. They do, especially if you tie it to an offering, they get irked. We could use a lot more multimillionaires. Why? Because the kingdom of God suffers violence. Because there are many people that need to be reached. I say this with all seriousness and sincerity of heart, uh, with no ulterior motive whatsoever. It's not for personal gain, but the kingdom of God needs lots of money. That's right. What do we mean by that? That means the people of God need to be blessed. Yes. How can you give what you don't have? How can you be a blessing with something that's not yours, that you don't have control of, you don't have freedom in your life? And again, here, watch out, religious mindset says, oh, the, yep, they're one of those kind of churches one of those prosperity churches you small thinking <laughs> listen the enemy works in two ways works yes he tries to push people into an extreme to where they're materialistic and all that kind of stuff but the other side is he tries to make us uninfluential where we don't have the ability to, to do missions, build buildings, to outreach, to do things that are necessary for the gospel to be propagated. Amen. Which ditch you want to be in? I don't want to be in either ditch. I want to be right in the middle of the road where I worship God and Him only I serve. But I don't think small to limit His blessings and what He can do through me. Amen. 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 Praise God. And so the Lord wants to increase increase us and it begins on the inside you know the promised land that we read about and 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 all that he 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 told them there that's a type of our new life in christ that's not just oh wasn't that a glorious story isn't that great what god did for them all that is prophetic picture of our freedom in christ today we live in the promised land of God's abundance because of what Jesus did. And so let's let it flow. Hallelujah. Everybody okay? See, the contrast to a, a, a large heart, an open heart, would be, a, again, a small, a narrow heart, a limited me- mentality. Um, I, I don't want to be of a narrow mindset. And I don't mean by that this. I don't mean this. I know Jesus said the road to life is a narrow road. The road to destruction is a wide road. And so in, uh, when I say wide, we are not saying we accept and embrace everything and every manner of lifestyle and all kinds of living. No, 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 no. We accept the Lord's ways. In that, in that way, yes, there's some narrowness to us. But as far as receiving the kingdom, it's vast, it's expansive, it's big, and I want to have a broad heart. Look at Psalm 78 with me. Psalm 78. Can you take a little bit more? Anybody full yet? Psalm 78. I'm okay with leaving you a little bit hungry, (laughs) but do want to give you a full meal appetizer meal well buffet buffet would be good (laughs) unlimited all you can eat sounds like God in Psalm 78 this again speaks of the same thing we were speaking of of Israel the nation of Israel going from Egypt to the promised land of abundance in the middle there They had a lot of issues. They had a lot of problems. A lot of things that didn't go so well. And it says in verse 40, how often they provoked him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. Do you know that the Lord can be grieved? Someone says, the Lord is always smiling. No, he's not. (laughs) He, He is a happy God, but he can be grieved. Yeah? They did that to him in the desert. Yes, again and again, they tempted God. They tempted Him. And, look, limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited Him. Well, that seems almost difficult to understand. That a human being can limit a limitless God. He is Almighty God, all-powerful. Yet, they limited Him. If they limited Him, you and I can limit Him. Now, watch. So how, again, they say I don't think you can limit God in regards to your life you certainly can I don't mean I'm going to put him in a box for eternity and contain and restrict and fence him in he's almighty God and I'm not in charge of him but when it comes to my life I absolutely have the ability to be open or closed to limit and restrict his movement in my, in my life or to let him work freely unobstructed, unhindered they limited, in other words, God wanted to do more, but he ended up doing less. I wonder if that could be said about any of us on an individual level. God wanted to do more, but because of something small in us, he was able, only able to do less. I don't want that to be said about us as a, as a church that God has ordained and planted here in this, in this valley, that God wanted to do more through us, but we limit Him, limited him, and so we were only able to do a certain amount. Oh, Lord, let that not be so. Let that not be so. But I can see that it was true of them. Verse 42 reads, They did not remember His power the day when He redeemed them from the enemy. What was one of the reasons that as they went from, from uh, Egypt into Canaan that God was limited? Because they got their eyes on their circumstances. They were so focused on their, the water, the food, the, all the issues, the things that were around them, and they forgot about his mighty power. How, how might we restrict the Lord from working in our lives if we forget? Or, say it this way, if we don't remember, remembering is something we do intentionally. Intentionally. I am going to call, I need to call to mind again and again and again and again God's faithfulness, His power, His ability, what He's done in His Word, what He promised us here, what He has done in our own lives. Listen, some of us have had experiences in the past and God moved and, and delivered and set free and provided and made a way where there was no way, did amazing things in your life but today you hardly remember it. That's tragic. That's tragic. That's tragic because that produces a small heart. That produces a limited vision. That produces unbelief going forward instead of what should be as a result of what God has already done. And his faithfulness should produce faith in our heart to expand and believe for more. Amen. Amen. What are you calling to mind? Are you blown away right now? Are you blown away by God's awesome power and might and how's his faithfulness and what he's done for you before Are you blown away by His love and mercy that He has poured out and shown us in His Word? If not, stir it up. Stir up what? Stir up our remembrance. Let's stir up our remembrance. Let's keep in mind the power and awesomeness of God because that will allow us to move forward without limiting Him. Praise God. Another way that this is sometimes uh, revealed is, is what we... Uh, what we call a poverty mentality you ever heard of a poverty mentality Uh, it's something we we don't want right remember 3rd John verse 2 Uh, it reads my beloved I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as what even as your soul prospers in other words prosperity on the outside is a result of prosperity on the inside prosperity means success you know, it means you win, succeed. Uh, prosperity on the outside is connected to prosperity in the soul. What's your soul? Your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions. It's the mentality that we have. And if we find ourselves with a thinking that is contrary to the vastness and ways of God, then we need to interrupt it. Okay? Sometimes we can discover that in our own lives through how we handle things. Uh,. Usually, I find it's, when you have a poverty mentality, uh, you do things that are illogical. Okay? I'm all for getting a good deal. I'm all for saving money. I believe in shopping grace, as well as parking grace, and many other graces. Uh, I think it's a good idea to get a good deal, and I thank thank God for that. But when when someone uh, begins to travel you know, to the other side of town to save a few cents on their gas. Might be some poverty thinking in there. Because it's not, it becomes illogical, you're spending the same money. huh? Or you travel across town to get this great deal on something, and by the time you add in your time and effort and, and gas and everything else, and it's like, seriously, you didn't really, you saved like 25 cents. <laughs> Was it worth that? See, that's not a God mentality. Yeah. Well, I've got to be a good steward. That's not the same as being a good steward. That's the same as thinking small. Amen. Or, or you know, like uh, I'm not going. I'm not going to turn my heater on until the snow is on the ground. <laughs> We are going to squeeze every last drop of uh, sunlight that we can, and, and it's 40 degrees in your house, and, and, and the kids have ice hanging off their end of their nose, and, uh, but we are going to not waste a thing. I don't believe in waste. We shouldn't waste, but you're overboard. <laughs> you have a mentality that needs to change to think like an abundant providing God. Yeah, you know, or you're watering, your milk is halfway empty, so you fill it back up with water. <laughs> we can make this last and stir, you know, yeah. We'll just call it 2% now or, <laughs> one, or one or half or whatever. <laughs> we'll make this, we'll make this last. Now listen, if you're out, we'll do whatever you need to. Or if someone's truly out of money and you don't have any money to buy anything else, No condemnation. But let's start to think like God. The problem is we often go into areas and we're doing all this extra stuff to save nothing. Right? And then we waste it on something else. <laughs> something else bigger. Think like God. He's the provider. He's more than enough. When, when someone comes to your house and you say, six people are coming over to our house for dinner. Let's see if we can, let's see if we can make five rolls. Because maybe one of them doesn't want one. And if not, we could cut them in halves. And uh, No, that's not how your father thinks. That's not how, how God who created the universe, he creates a universe just to stick us in the middle of it and it's all supportive of his highest creation. Let's think big. How about we'll make two for everyone? That would be more of a God mentality. You know, send them home with some when we're done with it, when we're finished with dinner. Let's bless them. Yeah, And so if you find this type of small poverty mentality creeping in, uh, catch it. Catch it. Grab hold of it. And say, Lord, help me to think like you do. I don't want to limit you. Say, does that really matter in the big picture? Often it reveals something that really does matter. Say, I I don't care about all this natural stuff. All I care about is my relationship with God. Uh, You're probably lying, but in case you're telling the truth... (laughs) Because, <laughs> But listen, the relationship with God is the supreme. It's the, it is the most important thing. It is all that matters in the end. None of this natural stuff does make a difference in eternity. Uh, however, it is a relationship with who? Is it, a re- is it truly a relationship with God you have? Or is it a relationship with a religious picture of a little small God that you have? Because God is who he is, and if I'm going to embrace him, and relate to him, and fellowship with him, and walk with him, and have a prayer life, and and if I'm going to have this, I need to know what he's like. And if he is big, and I am really small, I'm constantly working to try to fit him into my middle, my little life, and my little mentality. Is that really a relationship with God? Not the way he is. I'm having a relationship with Ned, and he wants, you know, he's Nets. Yeah, and ultimately, if I'm going to have a relationship with Him, the Bible tells me to be an imitator of God. Well, what is He like? That's the goal. I want to find out how He thinks, what He what He's like, and if I'm going to strike the ground, we're going to we're going to leave a hole. If I'm going to uh, drink my milk, it's going to be whole. <laughs> Thank you, Lord let's talk about that for a while no. no Jesus said one day he said the kingdom of God uh, and he said uh, he said do not fear my little children he said it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom not just to give you a little uh, a little small little nothing his kingdom it's expansive it's massive I want to encourage you today, when it comes to your relationship with God, when it comes to your participation in the local church, don't be too casual. And I'm not giving you a dress code. You understand what I'm saying? In here. Don't be too casual. Don't let there be a a ho-hum to it. Let there be, this is big. This is massive. This is God. And I'm going to serve him with my whole heart. And I'm going to adapt his thinking for my whole life and everything I do. Amen.